Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. Remember to subscribe to our free podcast so you won't miss any of our illuminating content. Here is episode 212. Hello, Firestarters. Thank you for tuning in to the audio blog, The Spark, Lessons Learned. First of all, I want to thank you so much for listening to our 2017 podcasts. Like we did last year, for the month of December, we will be playing the highest download podcast for the year. I'm going to announce that list along with exciting news for 2008, plus maybe a call to action at the end of this podcast, so I urge you to stay tuned. So with the dawning of a new era in my life, you know, look, I've called this audio blog Lessons Learned. My oldest graduated in the springtime in May and has left to be a volunteer in Russia. So I thought I'd spend this podcast maybe reminiscing and talking about maybe things I'd do differently as a mother, as his educator, and of things that I would have done more of, things that I'm glad that we did in the last past 18 plus years as we were raising him. I will also formally answer, it's a long time coming, I will answer a listener who was kind enough to email me this question. She writes, I am thinking about essentialism in homeschool. I actually did a podcast on essentialism, so it's probably sparked maybe that interest. But So what are the essentials for you in the environment and habits of homeschooling? What about skills learned essentials in your daily routine? So I want to thank Lori Muse for this question, and I'm so sorry for the delay. I'm hoping that this podcast will be a good answer to your question. So first off, to give you some understanding of the education our oldest did receive, I'd like to give you some background. So if you listen to podcast 001, which was the first Luminous Mind show ever recorded over three years ago, I tell this story. Um, If you've listened to that, first I'd like to apologize. Hopefully I have improved and my you know, my ability to speak is a little better. Even since then, my own paradigm on education has changed dramatically as I've listened and learned to close to 215 amazing people. So there's going to be some variation to that story, at least the conclusion to maybe what my paradigm shift has been and my change has been. So I've said before that I began homeschooling accidentally. Um, I say that in my show bio that I'm an accidental homeschooler. Um, And by this, I really mean that I began accidentally because I was first trying to replicate my sister in starting a charter school like the one she had began on the other side of our state of Idaho. And as we were starting this charter school, it was getting closer to the time that I was supposed to enroll my son into school. And so not wanting to put him in traditional school and then pull him out and put him in the charter school that we'd be starting, I thought I'd just keep him home. It was something he was used to and, you know, it was kind of keeping him kind of in that same, you know, there wouldn't be a whole lot of change and disruption to his education. So, you know, I thought, how hard could kindergarten be with letters, numbers, and stuff like that? I mean, we weren't necessarily teaching them to read at that point, but that was, it was pretty easy stuff. Um, So I'd learned about an online school. It was a K-12 school from a radio show, and I found out that our local state uh, had a charter school that sponsored K-12's curriculum. So that was the beginning of our homeschooling. Um, I never intended to homeschool or to continue homeschooling all the way through his education. It was supposed to just be something that happened just for those that short time while we were trying to get this charter school going. So it just happened that every year we just thought it over again. And in the end, our oldest attended an online school, online charter school, all the way 
you know, for seven, he attended that online charter school for seven to eight years. And then our local district K-12 school and uh, other online schools all the way through his graduation where he he graduated. He also earned 14 college credits and his EMT, his uh, emergency medical technician certification. So we were pretty proud of what he ended up doing in the end. Um, So it might seem with this explanation that his education was pretty cut and dry and that my own philosophy didn't vary much at all. But really, my overall paradigm, you know, was the slow evolution and it um, just kind of helped me change all the thoughts on all aspects of my life. You know, it started with education, but it moved into religion, politics, government, individual subjects, child development, you know, everything that I could, even my own marriage, the way we did our family um, really changed over that time. So this questioning in just one area of my life, which was education and homeschooling, really changed me completely as a person. It changed my mind and my soul and just everything about me. So I first began feeling really incapable, you know, and I was following all the online school suggestions, really listening to them because I thought they were the experts. And I felt that my own answers in parenting were somehow inadequate to to now. That's how I felt at the beginning, that I was inadequate to now with a very different understanding of learning as a process, as well as my role in it and how questions can affect everything. I definitely feel more able to trust my instincts than I did at the beginning and know that they have a place that's a very important purpose. And that's really one of the reasons why I started The Luminous Mind, to help you spark your own individual paradigm shifts. I wanted to help others do that in hearing how others maybe had their um, paradigm shift and how it affected their lives and hopefully give people courage and strength so that their paradigm shifts happened a little more rapidly than mine. It was a 13-year process or something like that. So paradigm shifting is really a line-upon-line process, um, maybe a giving of our will, acceptance of a kind of how things can happen a lot more efficiently. So I'm totally sorry. I've been rambling, and I'm really excited about this process. That's part of the reason why I'm rambling, but I'm going to return to the things that I learned. So the things that I would have done differently during my first son's education, um, the one thing I would have done is not force so much. That's number one. Not force so much is number one. Through this process, I really learned uh, valuable lessons on free will. And it really has been woven into every aspect of my thinking in my life now. I now know that free will is a really, it's a true principle that you can't force or coerce people to do things and you can't really mix it with free will. It's either you're going to force them or you're going to allow them to do it on their own and you can't put them together to be totally successful. It really was a major paradigm shift for me. And I'm still even working on it. You know, it's something that's just bred into me with my own schooling and the way that we parent was is totally based off of force. And so I'm really trying to work on that and study that and try to understand that and implement that more into every facet of my life. Um, And really, that's how true principles work. They work with everything. I wish I would have understood this principle a lot better when I first started. I think my relationships with him would be better. You know, I would have um, definitely enjoyed myself a lot more. So I wish I could have understood the power of free will better from the beginning and used more love and more of his interests and acceptance in inspiring my children. But I was raised in that mentality of like, if you don't make somebody do something, they're not going to do it, which I totally don't believe in now. 
So, you know, in the beginning, I taught with more force, manipulation, and even sometimes a lot of anger than I really care to admit. You know, so I'm a really slow learner. This is a thing that I most regret, that I cared less about preserving the relationships and more about getting my kids to bend towards my will. And I'm not saying that all was lost, and I still credit the fact that we homeschooled because homeschool kind of naturally lets a lot of that relationship building happen. Um, You know, I have people tell me all the time that they're not very patient. I was not born with patience, and I still am not an extremely patient person, but it has changed me to understand that, um, you know, sometimes you just need to step back. One of the awesome things about homeschooling is that it didn't take me long to just watch my own kids. You know, the more time that they had free time and and my first son was really driven to get up and finish those things that he was expected to do, you know, that he was forced to do with the schooling like really early and he would be done by 10 or 11. And I'm we set up this agreement that if he got it done, that he could do whatever he wanted after that. And so he was really determined that that's what he wanted to do. So it was really awesome to watch him and what he did with that free time. And it kind of drove me crazy at first because I'm like, wow, he has like all day to do the stuff that he wants to do. But the more I observed him, I started noticing all those amazing things that he was doing with his free time, as well as how his attitude changed. Like the stuff I made him do, it was like pulling teeth to get him to do it. Whereas I would see him do these things totally on his own and with joy and happiness when I wasn't forcing him. So, so however, the lesson learned was less force and more love. The second thing that I learned that I wish we would have done more of is took more days off. Taking more days off, that's a big limitation to attending a government online school. You know, we can't move as slow as it needs to go for the students' own learning and understanding. Luckily, all of my kids were pretty, you know, I didn't have anybody that really struggled. So I don't, I mean, I feel blessed in that way. And maybe that helped me to continue doing this longer than I probably should have. But, you know, when there's bureaucracies in schools, they have expectations and their expectations override the student's need or even the family's need. And I see a lot of people that get involved in these government online schools and they don't last very long because there is no grace for allowing the student to to drive their own education. This was one of the main reasons why I pulled my kids out, all, all of my kids out of these schools, the younger students I did and I gave the option to my oldest son but he chose to continue with this you know it was something that he had done forever he understood it and that's what he how he wanted to continue and to complete his education there are just days that you need to enjoy the day's activities like field trips and fun activities or even nice weather fully without overcrowded schedules of school and I remember trying to force the schoolwork in so we could go and do the activity and it just left us all frazzled it left us really bad moods because I'm feeling frazzled and they're feeling that pressure and so we were really unable to enjoy the day and plus it wasn't great for our relationships. I put my needs above my children's needs and that wasn't good for us or for them. Also if your kids are sick let them rest. You know I was pretty you know if they were up and moving around um, even if I knew they felt cruddy I would still like, okay, well, you're up moving around. Let's get some schoolwork done. And so there are so many days that I force them to work when I wasn't feeling very good or they weren't feeling very good. And sometimes we just need to let our kids have more days of quietly reading, you know, snuggling with blankets because they're still enjoying the learning. And and I think that that would have helped them 
them love their learning even more if we wouldn't have been, you know, pushing so hard. And that's one of the advantages of homeschooling is that we actually have time to let our kids get the rest that they need. And their, you know, their bodies work better when they're rested. So don't keep them up late and don't wake them up too early is kind of my advice. And so number two was I would have taken more days off. Uh, the third thing I would have done is to let them him follow more of his own interests. Uh, and that's really the beauty of homeschooling. And that's another disadvantage of a government online school is that there's a set curriculum and they ignore that individual almost totally and completely. The cool thing is that it's their home. So you do have a lot more control over the things that they're doing outside of those classes. But, you know, if we let the kids follow their own interest at their own skill level, and with my kids, I always saw way above what the expectation was for that child. I also had my kids do everything in their schoolwork, everything in the online school told me to do, because I feel like I didn't want them to miss anything. I didn't want any holes in their education. Well, that happens naturally. Uh, holes happen because kids, they aren't following their interests. And, and when they're made to do stuff they're not really interested in, it creates a lot of boredom in their learning. And then it has a lot of, it creates frustration between you and them. So a memorable story of my oldest was he had a great interest in medicine. He had gone off to a camp and, you know, he saw firsthand like they were on a hike and one of his friends got injured. They were supposed to help him medically. And it really piqued this interest in him to love medicine. And he was studying like anytime he wasn't doing his schoolwork, he was watching YouTubes on, you know, operations and you know, all this medical stuff. And I remember one time I came upstairs and found him taking a college level. It was an online a medical terminology class, but it was college level. And he had signed up for that himself. He didn't tell me about it or anything. He just did it. And he just really loved everything medical. So when I saw this, you know, I know he's kind of behind in his English on his English assignment. And instead of being like, wow, this is awesome that this kid, I mean, that's a tough thing for a kid to do. And he was doing it with joy. And I was like, finish your English assignment. I mean, I was so stupid to even think that because he had done English for all these years. And all of a sudden in high school, you know, they're making him repeat everything that he's learned all the way through again. And he's so bored with it and, you know, excited to do this medical terminology. And that's, I wish I would have stopped right then and go, what am I thinking? But once again, I was letting those uh, bureaucrats drive my thinking as a parent. So really let your kids follow more interests. That's what I learned is to let your student drive their learning by their interests. It makes them a lot more fun for them and it's less work for you. You know, you don't have to push them to do stuff that they love to do. And that makes, that creates, it takes you out of the equation and, and you can continue to homeschool without so much frustration and without so much push. The fourth and final thing that I would have done differently with my kids' education is I would have not cared what people thought and maybe responded with a lot more kindness. So when I began homeschooling, like most people, I had some detractors. If you don't have detractors, you're living in an awesome world because that happens in everybody's life. Um, so it's just a thing people are going to tell you 
you know, they feel the need to tell you all the ways that you're going to fail your children. And I don't know why education brings this out. But it's pretty much anything with kids. <laughs> They'll tell you how you're doing it wrong. And with my strong personality, that really set me on a path of defensiveness with people. And I think some of my first episodes, when I go back and listen, I'm, you can hear that in my voice, that defensiveness that I have. And I'm sure a lot of times that came across as I was being very rude or self-righteous because it almost felt like I had to shut them down. You know, as soon as they found out we homeschooled, I'd have to like hurry and shut them down with all of their thinking of what they thought. And of course, the first one was socialization, which we all know. I mean, three years into this, 200 plus episodes, I don't even ask the question anymore how they're going to socialize their kids because it is shown that that is just the stupidest question ever. And so we need to understand that we're going to have people that aren't going to understand what we're doing. And I think nowadays, you know, this type of lifestyle of homeschooling is going to have those detractors. But what I'm finding is that there's less of those because a lot of people see them. We are producing awesome kids. Well, they're creating their own lives, you know, and they're seeing how awesome these kids are. And so there's a lot less of them, but they're still there. People will ask questions and we need to be sure that we're responding really kindly to them as possible and avoid feelings of frustration. I know how frustrating stereotypes can be. And, you know, we need to kind of keep that in check and just know people are going to have questions. And really, as I was doing this with my kids, I realized that it was setting me and my children up to be leaders. Because anytime you do something different, people are going to have questions about it. So instead of having this defensive kind of rude feeling about it, really take that as a leadership opportunity to explain what you're doing and, and your feelings on it. And then have the courage to know what you're doing is what you're feeling driven to do. And don't let them kind of take over that feeling that you have. So when you make this decision um, and you've studied it out and you've decided that that's what's best for your family, have faith on that and don't care what other people might think. It's your life, it's your family, and their opinion doesn't really matter. Um, we all have different lives. We're all in different circumstances and we all have different experiences and other people aren't privileged to lead your family. That is your job. So be strong in that role and follow your intuition and respond as kindly as possible. That is the lesson learned. The last lesson that I learned is to really not care what people think. And gratefully, I have a husband who never cares what people think. And so, you know, he really helped me with that. And then to respond with more kindness. That would be the last lesson that I definitely have learned. So I'm going to move into the, um, the things that I'm really glad that we did. Um, you know, even though I spent the last part of this audio blog lamenting all the mistakes I made and things that I should have done differently, I am so glad that we homeschooled. I am so glad that I was that accidental homeschooler, that I came to this accidentally and it wasn't a, necessarily my plan, but it all happened the way it should have happened. It was really inspired. It was the move that we were meant to make. And my kids are very grateful. You know, I just received a letter from my son and I'm going to cry. This is horrible. He just left to go serve as a volunteer in Russia. And that takes learning the language. And he is seeing like he's in class three to six hours a day. And that was the thing that he said. I wish we had more class and that we could learn because he's seeing like he loves it. He loves the learning and he sees the difference between maybe him and other kids that were educated different ways is that he gained a real love of learning 
learning. And so even though, you know, I've, I am so blind to the way I should have done it, he still has that drive to love his learning. I feel like homeschooling really removed the scales off of my eyes and it helped me see my children totally differently than I would have. It helped me parent with a lot more compassion and I saw them more as unique individuals with their own mission. And it kind of helped me as I was working with my kids to not care even what the bureaucrats told me that I could see that my role as their mother was more important than what some educational expert ever thought. I knew those kids better than they did and I knew what they needed. So homeschooling really helped me learn too. I wasn't a rabid learner. You know, I didn't enjoy school and it helped me really to love learning again. It helped me to question everything like I mentioned before and to change my paradigm on almost everything. You know, homeschooling really just changed me as a person and that helped to change my family and my children and it hopefully will change the community that we are fortunate to be part of. So the first lesson that I learned that I'm glad that I did was homeschooling. The second thing that I'm glad that we did is that we vacationed and spent time together, especially the last few years. We finally learned to kind of take days off and just to enjoy my children. And I think that that was the most important time that really low key activities that weren't stressful really helped us to enjoy each other and to it helped our relationship a lot. Um, so there were many times that we caused stress because we're trying to work in too many things within our lives. But when we were able to spend that time together and like I said, low key activities, it helped us preserve the relationship. It helped us keep a check on the emotions in the room and acknowledge them. I mean, sometimes if I never ever thought like if I saw my kids getting frustrated, I didn't think about stepping back a lot of times. And that's just how I am. I told you I'm really driven. And sometimes I didn't step back like I should have. So, you know, just remember to keep those emotions in check, acknowledge them, you know, maybe take a, a step back, move in a different direction. Those are all really important things to be aware of taking advantage of our flexible schedule to be able to go and to do more things. We really need to be glad about that as homeschoolers, that we have the opportunity to take them out into the world that they're going to be part of. I think that's the big key. The difference is that we have the opportunity for them to be part of the world, whatever that looks like, grocery shopping to taking them to Paris, France. That's all part of the world. I think that for far too many years, I made a lot of excuses of why we couldn't go and do more things and I wish I would have done them earlier because it's harder when your kids are older but I'm really glad that we finally just cut loose and did those things that we had talked about doing so the second thing I'm glad we did is vacation and spend time together so the third and final thing that I'm really glad that we did that I want to talk about and it's abundant but this is definitely my top three was that I am really glad that we taught them the value of work. <laughs> I'm glad that I had to make my kids work and this was really more out of necessity because my kids were home. I didn't have time to make them three meals a day or do all the cleaning. I didn't have time to, to do laundry just totally by myself and so those were things that my kids chipped in and helped us 
house with. They did a lot of the yard work. They were working for neighbors, that kind of thing. Um, and especially when they have a flexible schedule, they're always getting called to help somewhere. So I felt really guilty about that in early times when my kids were little. I remember one time on Mother's Day, you know, in church, they always give these Mother's Day talk and they had a girl talk about how Oh, my mom wakes up every morning and makes me a hot and delicious breakfast before I head off to school. And I remember thinking, wow, I don't do that very often or even at all. A lot of times they're making me the delicious and hot breakfast. But I really learned, and especially as I saw my older child get ready to leave the nest, that because he was doing laundry, he was cleaning, he was even doing a good amount of the cooking. Um, he was always finding jobs in and out of the house that people were having him do, like he would mow the neighbor's yard. I mean, he started that around age 11, pretty much out of the necessity to earn some extra money because we were living on a single income. But I'm glad that they had to work because they gained so many skills. There was no adulting problems with him when he left. You know, he knew how to take care of himself and he spent a good amount of time doing those things. Those life skills, they are invaluable. And I don't think they can be taught in a semester at home ec. I mean, I didn't know a lot of the stuff that I knew how to do to take care of myself because I had been pulled out of my house. A great lesson story that I have to go with that is, you know, around 17, they're trying to get ready to leave the nest. One of the activities that his church group was doing, was they were teaching kids how to iron a shirt. You know, he was 17 and he was like, what? I've been doing that since I was 12. And that's one thing. I mean, I, I really noticed people were shocked about how he knew how to do so much stuff on his own. And at a young age, he isn't having a problem adulting because... He had those times to do that. So the third thing that I'm really glad we did is taught them the value of work. And that's played out tremendously in their lives. Okay, so I'm going to go to my question on essentialism and homeschool. So I have three things that I think are pretty essential. And these are going to vary different. I mean, I think that that's something that you as a person need to decide what is essential in your home and the things that you want your children to learn. But these are my three things that I think that we should focus on. And one is uh, religious and character training type of thing. I think that's really important to instill values in our kids. And education in the early days had a lot of character training in it. They believed that a person had to be a person of strong character in order to learn. And I think that's really missing in our education anymore. In fact, we're so driven on grades that sometimes we leave the character out and kids end up cheating, not realizing that the cheating is worse than the bad grades. <laughs> anyway, so I believe if we homeschool, we need to pass on our values to help create good people that are out in society. I think it's important that we teach our kids this because in life, it is more important on how we treat others and less important on how much we know. I think spending a small amount of time with religious training with our kids is really essential. And it can be from books, but even more importantly, and this is something we did later on as I, like I was able to pull my kids out, is to go do some real life service. And, you know, we see in my area anyway, the area was pretty affluent and we saw a lot of cheating in school. And I think, I mean, like I said before, kids uh, real think that their grades, getting those high grades are way more important than living a, a life of character. And I actually believe the opposite. I believe that that character training is way more important than their grades. And if they have, they are a person of high character, they're going to have an excellent education and they're going to be 
intellectuals. So that would be an essential thing for me is that religious or that character training, whatever that may look like for your family. The second thing that I think is really important is the basics. I love the idea of unschooling. I've seen that in my own kids. Um, I've seen that in a lot of children, that they learn and they do amazing things on their own. However, I believe in teaching the basics and that can all be done on their own time, early or late. I think we need to go with that student and how they're doing, but I think a good understanding in reading, writing and math can be information that's really vital for their development. And like I said, you can pick and choose. Hopefully we're, we are asking them and we are helping with information like that, that that can be vital for them to learn best. It doesn't have to be long or taxing. I think that's one thing that I did do right is that when I saw their, sometimes when I, especially when I was teaching them to read, if I saw they had lost interest, we would stop and we would just pick it up there the next day. And usually after 10 years old, my kids really take that over for themselves. Once they set the pattern, those daily practices for those three skills of reading, writing, and a little bit of math, they all took that over for themselves. And they've, it's really been, I mean, they just see that as part of something we do every day. And I really think that that's the best way to teach that is for you as a mother to do that, to take an hour out of your day an hour or two, maybe, whatever, and really um, work on those skills yourself. I think that's the first thing that we need to understand that to learn those basics, we have to be modeling that for our kids. Um, so the second essential thing that I believe would be important is just learning those basics and trying to implement that into your life. Uh, the third thing that I think is essential in uh, education, especially the longer I've been doing this podcast, the thing I've learned is to teach kids the process of learning. The longer that I'm in this realm of education and the more people I talk to, the more I understand that instead of teaching our kids the facts and figures of life, we need to teach them the process of learning so that they can be lifelong learners. With my section on the basics, that would fall into that area. Most kids anymore come out of educational institutions unprepared in this area. They're so used to being told what to do and how to do it that they don't know how to learn themselves. They're not successful as they need to be because they've been taught to follow orders and not to fulfill others' needs that they may see in within the whole area of the scope that they're given, you know. Many times we hear the phrase in life that that's not my job, and kids that don't know the process of learning aren't willing to pick that up and help somebody else. And as I've learned from numerous guests on the show, the process of learning is really important to being successful in the future of what we're going to see and how we need to prepare our students. I believe that unplugging kids from the daily school system naturally teaches this process, and I've seen it in my own life. I mean, even having them home has helped them drive their own learning and their own education. It, it happens very naturally when they're pulled out of that system and they're given a lot more freedom. One of the things I thought was really cool when I sent my kids up to scout camp and my husband was really involved in scouts, but he would have all these other parents that would come up to help and he would see like they're rushing around and trying to get their kids to go and do all these merit badges. And I remember some of the dads just shocked that my kids were making their own schedule of where they were going to go and what their goals were going to be while they were at camp. And they were going off and doing that totally without my husband's help. And they were just flabbergasted how that happened. And it really 
came because they learned to do that naturally. They learned to set their own schedules. They learned to make their own goals and they learned to do those things on their own so that when it came to doing those, um, doing that by themselves, they didn't have any problems. And so I'm hoping in the coming months, 2018, that we can address this area of learning, you know, the process of learning a lot more and try to help create that process or understand that process and how that works. I think there are some key points and principles. In fact, uh, in the future, um, you know, this is I'm ending my third thing of teaching kids the process of learning that I think is essential in homeschooling that I hope in the future you're going to see this happen with the luminous mind. And we're going to be instrumental in trying to help your kids understand that process. And you as a parent um, in your own de-schooling and how that that learning process works. I have a number of projects in the works I'm really excited about. I've been contacted by several people that have been involved with our podcast already, and they're excited about what we're doing here and want to help us get some projects off the ground. One is a book that's basically a comprehensive, you know, transcripts and stuff of the podcast that's expensive to get done. And so keep that in mind in the future that if we want to see this book and be able to share this information with other people to really help us with that goal. And then the other one is an online course on the process of learning. And I was actually going to be working with Greg Denning on that. I'm hoping this all, all these projects work out, but we want to teach a course on the processes of learning and then also a course on how to set that up in your home so you can help your kids find that process. So we're working on these projects with past contributors and I hope that you want to be part of that process and tell us what you need and how we can help you. So that's kind of my call to action. You know, I want to hear more about how we can help you in that and what you guys are struggling with and how we at The Luminous Mind can help you really be able to address those problems that you see. Um, Also, we need help to be able to finance these projects. Like I said, I don't have time to sit down and do transcriptions. It's a tedious process of being able to transcribe people's interviews, and I would like some help trying to finance that. Also, to be able to get these online courses up. If you'd like to be able to help us finance these projects, you can go to patreon.com at the luminous mind it's kind of like kickstarter for you know those types of like projects that are already up and running like this podcast so patreon.com backslash the luminous mind that's where you can go to help us finance these projects and you can be really the first ones to receive the book and some of those things i'm still working on trying to get that page all up and perfected but that's where you can go and you can donate anything as little to as much of money as you want to help us get these projects going you know so for the last three years i have produced free content it's taken a lot of time from me and from my family and if you followed me on instagram or facebook you'll be aware that my husband lost his high-paying job in the spring which has sent us into a turmoil, you know, over the last few months, which included moving and looking for other ways to support ourselves. And I've been flirting with the idea of giving up this podcasting stuff because it does take so much of my time and getting a part-time job. And who knows, that may be what ends up happening for our family to help us survive. But I want to be able to produce content that is invaluable to you guys 
that you would help me to want to make this my job. So you can join us on Patreon and donate whatever you feel like this content has been worth to you. I would love to be able to give up sponsorships because it just takes so much time to go out and find those. It's time that I don't have that I would rather be working on some of these other projects like the book and the online course. I'd love to just use Patreon to help fund our work by the people that are listening so we can keep this message of changing our paradigm rolling and changing that paradigm on educational pedagogy rolling because I really feel like there's a revolution coming and we want to be helping with that and I hope you want to be helping us with that too so again to make a donation you can go to patreon.com backslash the luminous mind I want to produce content that's helpful to you and I'm so grateful when I put out a question like um, what do you want to hear and people let me know I've been given so many great guest suggestions from that it helps keep those ideas flowing but more importantly it gives me strength to continue because there's a, a lonely time in this and sometimes you feel like quitting but when I actually hear back from guests and people who love it and you know want to give us a great review so other people can find it on iTunes or anything like that it really helps our podcast grow So like I said, for the month of December, we are going to be playing or replaying the most downloaded podcasts for 2017. And that list is as follows. The third most downlisten podcast, drumroll please, was episode 189. And that was with Dorenda Wilson. And it was entitled Helping Others to Be Unhurried in Their Homeschool. And she's an awesome lady to follow. She does on Instagram and Facebook does a lot of free videos and stuff that's really awesome and that's what she focuses her message on is just enjoying homeschooling and not being so hurried in that. It was a great episode. Uh, The second drumroll please downloaded podcast for 2017 was episode 187 with Carlo Rique and he's actually helping me try to put this book together for you he's an awesome person and his podcast was entitled doing the research on free willed education he has a lot of information that he puts out pumps out all the time about free willed education excellent podcast with him And like I said, he's um, willing to help me try to get some projects for the Luminous Mind up and running, too. But the first um, and the most downloaded podcast for 2017, Drumroll, is really no surprise. It was episode um, 173 with Peter Gray, who is a evolutionary um, psychologist, and it was on Freedom to Learn. And he is a great podcast, and that was the most listened to podcast for 2017. Once again, I would like to thank you for listening. I really appreciate anybody who takes the time to listen and share and gives us a great review. Those people have a special place in my heart. I appreciate it. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a great holiday season. And I look forward to bringing you more great content in the year 2018. Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. To learn more about our mission and other audio blogs, go to our show notes, theluminousmind.net. Be sure to become a subscriber to our free email list. Then check out the services tab to see how we can continue to assist you, our fire starters. Also, to help us continue production of illuminating content, go to the sponsor tab at theluminousmind.net for more information on sponsorship and affiliate programs. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Google+, Pinterest, and now Instagram. Get our free audio content by subscribing on YouTube, iTunes, and Stitcher. 
To help us grow, consider these easy ways. Tell your friends about us. Leave us a review. Share our content. Tell us how we can help you so together we can continue to light minds on fire and change the paradigm of education. 